1: Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Sean Atkinson, CISO here at the Center for Internet Security. Uh, today we're talking about IoT security, and I'm joined by Ben Carter, IoT specialist. Ben, welcome to the show.
0: Hey Sean, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited here to be here today.
1: Yeah, excited to have you. This is an incredible topic, and some of the work that you and the team have been doing is uh, really starting to have an effect, as it were, on IoT security and really the premise. Uh, as we start to look at this space and really start to use some lessons learned, I think, from the past from deployment of IT. And so one of the things, Ben, I'd like to do is, one, if you could introduce yourself, uh, and then we'll jump into a few uh, questions that I've got for you with respect to some of the work that we've been doing uh, here at the Center for Internet Security.
0: Sure. Obviously, Ben Carter has been with uh, CIS for A little just about a year now full-time working on iot vendor security recommendations Um, some of the work we're we are currently doing is to help vendors with built-in security on iot devices iot as a whole is such a or fairly new concept within the past couple decades Um, so trying to get ahead of the curve in the security aspect of things especially as Cyber war and cyber attacks continue to be on the rise. So, trying to get ahead of that curve and and make sure devices are, are re- rather secure uh, coming out of manufacturing, um, it's work that is is needed and frankly quite ground groundbreaking, um, which it makes it even more excited for myself and our team here at CIS to to be a
1: part of absolutely ben yeah i'm excited about it too I, I think you've seen you know iot take on its own prevalence um just because of the distribution of the the really i think we're talking billions and billions of devices now mm-hmm. and that obviously within the home within the business within the industry it, it's having a connotation uh, of an element of uh, security requirement there so ben One of the things I wanted to start off with is what work is CIS doing to uh, contribute to IoT device security uh, and shifting the focus of security from really the consumer? Um, I think there's an element of shift left to the vendor. Could you explain what, what, what we're doing here?
0: Yeah, great question. And it's that shift left that we're kind of putting on a pedestal, I guess you could say. And that's the main focus of our work, especially on our team revolving around IoT, Um, kind of going back to, before answering your question, going back to what you were saying before, is IoT covers so many different industries, whether it's at home, automotive, um, even we're starting to see it get into industrial control systems, and that was something previously that typically wasn't a wireless uh, network. And now we're seeing wireless devices be implemented in new spaces um, and requiring more security. So the main focus of what we're trying to do here at CIS is is that shift left, taking these products that consumers would typically be responsible for the security of um, and, and kind of holding the vendor accountable. Um, but we're doing it in a way that supports the vendor. We're not just kind of gonna throw the vendor out to the wolves and say, figure it out. Um, we're trying to create a document that um, covers all the various ways that built-in security can be embedded on a device. Um, with some of the architectures of IoT devices uh, and the constraint levels, which is the main concern for, for these devices, um, we're trying to figure out the best ways for an iot vendor um, whether it be amazon google microsoft even the the companies that make those small sensors um, to sit down and say okay we can put x y and z protocols onto our device and we know when this gets pushed out to market it's going to be secure so right now what we're we're trying to accomplish is have kind of a one-stop-shop document for vendors to reference to establish that embedded security. Um, That type of documentation is currently lacking in the industry. So we're trying to be able to say, here you go, this is what can be done, this is what should be done, and this is how you should do it effectively.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's been one of the things is we've not seen really a document necessarily now I'll put it this way Ben uh, and to get your thoughts that's really written with the the vendor the manufacturer in mind it's always been you know kind of contributing to the consumer here do these things to your wireless network here's some of the settings you have to disable in order to protect yourself but now you're saying okay hold on one second we got to bring it all the way back uh, and so really Ben then it's you know why is this type of document important
0: sure it's it's important for many different reasons. And I will say there are documents similar to this, but on a much smaller scale for the developers. There's there's more uh, protocol specific documents that I would argue have some bias, um, probably likely pushed out by the developers of the protocol themselves. Um, so we're kind of taking, a 3,000-foot view of let's incorporate and cover all of the various protocols that can be used. And with that, we're, we're trying to accomplish security at scale. Um, it's a kind of a pressing issue of when IoT devices get put onto a system, whether it's a new system, whether it's a, whether it's a legacy system or a network. Uh, rather that it's at times difficult to manage from a security aspect. But with security already built into these devices, you can accomplish security at scale um, at for IoT management. Um, This will also include interoperability um, with various devices doing different tasks. So you can have a sensor testing, we'll say, the chlorine level in water. Um, That can communicate with a laptop. The laptop can communicate with a larger server. Um, And these kind of pinpoints within a network can all communicate safely with each other, even though they may not be operating on the same protocol. Um, And as I said before, this really impacts every industry. We see it in in the water treatment industry and and that's actually unfortunately been an industry that um, or a sector that has been the victim of a couple different cyber attacks and and adversaries trying to change various chemical level levels in in water treatment plants which can affect a greater population um, but we're trying to do this all at scale so when these devices are brought onto a network, they're secure and can, and can function securely without any really any third party or aftermarket uh, changes
1: well that's perfect right I mean if we build it in and we've got it instantiated as a requirement and I think you know it kind of reminds me and again aging myself a little bit it was it was back before we had necessarily the networking standard the the uh, ISO model and TCP IP, where we've, we've got a lot of vendors defining what they want to do with their underlying products and services, and there's then multiple until we get to, you know, kind of the recommended standard, and, and obviously the market determines that. Uh, but as we move forward, I, I think one of the things you said that's very interesting is, you know, as we look at the industries... In where we see these types of devices, and we see industrial control systems, SCADA, uh, all of these connected and, and really become an internet of thing, uh, in order to manage and um, control. For me, it seems like you know the the attack surface is very dangerous at this point because Absolutely. it's not just a single device. You know, sometimes you think of IoT oh, that's the thing that's in my house, you know, that's that smart fridge that I have. Okay, not the biggest deal in the world, you know, someone can see inside my fridge and, you know, see the milk's expired, whatever. But when now you talk about water treatment, we're talking about, uh, you know, we've seen with colonial uh, pipeline and distribution and uh, the way that it affects supply and demand and really market economics, the fact that it's an internet-connected thing, That could be the infiltration into a particular network or is the cause of a weakening of a network and now has to be understood from a threat perspective is where I think you're going to see industry crying out and also vendors replying to that to say, you know, in good conscience, we want to obviously add functionality. We want, you know, business value from these connected devices. But as we introduce them into our network, we've we've lowered the security maturity of that environment because it still seems that iot is on this track that we've gone through you know the industry's gone through in the last 40 years to get to a point where we're we're not necessarily secure i mean we're still you know working on patching it's still an issue for all of these years but we've got the technologies we've got better methodology we've got um interoperability as you had mentioned between some of those elements but now we're introducing a whole new product that's very immature and that uh, you know we we've, we've got to take into consideration as we move forward as as an industry so it really then turns to this question is um, you know what do you see as the benefits the advantages of built in security into these IoT devices using lessons learned from the past so we can you know scale the maturity a lot faster in this uh, in this environment
0: so yes the the benefits of this kind of touches on everyone um, as you mentioned, the IoT devices can be found in your home, in your schools, uh, in your everyday life. Um, now, that are, those are the devices that impact us on a daily basis, but the other devices that also impact us daily are the ones that are at our water treatment plants, at our um, government centers, um, which obviously we've seen a few attacks targeting our government and there's probably countless of others that we don't even know about um, the, the the kind of shocking thing about IOT is it's projected that there's going to be 27 billion IOT connected devices by 2025 that obviously covers countless of industries countless of organizations um, that all need security um, it is IOT is Becoming one of the attack vectors um, that adversaries are looking to exploit, and obviously our whole our whole mission and goal with our IoT work is to have those have that security be embedded on the device during manufacturing, so that when it is put out into um, an organization's system or network it's secure. Um, one of our main focuses at CIS, especially with some of the this IoT work, is to help those under-resourced organizations or state and local, tribal, territorial governments that can't really afford to have a cybersecurity team. Uh, we at CIS, is, that's our whole mission, is to be able to help really everyone with cybersecurity issues and the pressing need for security on networks, devices, um, really things that are at risk for an attack on a daily basis. Um, Some of these organizations, which fortunately I've been able to communicate with some of them, they can only afford maybe one person that is in their IT, IT department and that one person May be only able to kind of hook up a computer to a network they may not be able to understand the those indicators of compromise and and be able to shut down a system if need be um, so we're with all of this work, we can help cover those under resource organizations and say these devices are secure. You put these devices on your network, they have security built into them to make them communicate with other devices securely and to limit the risk of a compromise. Uh, There's really no way of saying 100% um, in any aspect of of cybersecurity that something's going to be secure because adversaries are very smart and can certainly find a way and find that little vulnerability. Um, but it's helping those, those under-resourced organizations to kind of be able to sleep at night that their, their networks are going to be more secure rather than needing to hire, to hire someone. Um, there's a there's a huge gap in or a huge need for cybersecurity professionals currently um, that is very difficult to, to fill. Um, so a way to kind of close that gap is to have devices become more secure.
1: Absolutely. I mean, one of the things you've got to think about is the number is phenomenal, right? Twenty seven billion. De- I mean, it's like four devices for every human being on the planet right Uh, and by 2025 I think you Mm -hmm. mentioned so if we're we've got to be prepared and I think what you're doing is right with the research and obviously the uh, recommendations that are coming out in the respective documentation from CIS but if we really conceptualize everything that we're trying to do I think you know the shift left obviously is into a you know a multi-phased development process right from the, the generation of the chips to the integration of those chips onto a circuit board for the, the programming of that particular circuit board, the packaging, manufacturing, um, to put it then into delivery into our, you know, homes. And really, like you said, it's not just homes, it's businesses, it's industry, it's our, our cars, it's literally everywhere. So when I'm thinking of IoT, you know, I, I had mentioned, you know, a lot of people think you know, maybe just home automation, but I think we've got to extend uh, really that question because underlying all of this, Ben, I want to get your thoughts here, is that it's an element of privacy. Um, This is an adage I have, whether it's right or wrong, let's just just follow it. So the IoT devices in some cases are are cheap, because the underlying element is the data in which they generate and then, are, you know, obviously is processed in cloud data centers and in cloud is an enabler of IoT capability is That's one of the other elements that we have to look to protect, is it's not only the device itself being a threat into a particular network, but it's also what data that particular device is generating and who sees it, who can have access. And if we've not got encrypted protocol and best practices, which again, we're shifting left to the vendor to have responsibility in how these devices are deployed, I think it's an important point, Ben. But I want to get your thoughts.
0: No, I completely agree. It's Obviously, in a perfect world, it all needs to be protected. Um, with the data that's being collected, it, it really depends on obviously what is being collected. Uh, There's information that IoT devices collect that are somewhat meaningless, but at other times are extremely important. Um, I don't know necessarily an example of, of the type of data, but I do know that IoT devices are used in our militaries, in our government, and in our um, industrial control systems and power grid uh, across the nation and across the world, really, and nations all over the world. One of the biggest threats is having that data, especially when it comes to, let's say, we can we could probably come up with a, a quick example of all the data of um, that a sensor is collecting in a nuclear power plant of how fast turbines are spinning, how fast um, XYZ processes need to take. Um, nuclear power plants are, are not my specialty, but that's just an, an idea of, of what sensors and various IoT devices can be communicating back to the sensor, ultimately storing them in the cloud. Um, if an adversary were to get their hands on that type of information, whether it be in a nuclear power plant or be in uh, even a fighter jet, uh, a, an air force fighter jet um, communicating back with how how hot the engines are running, um, it could one allow them to to figure out the weak spots in our power grid or, or power plants, even in, in the military aspect. Um, and that data needs to be protected as well um, to be able to not allow adversaries to get their hands on the ins and outs of how various organizations and um industrial control systems are operating on our homeland and that that's spoken from the US point of view and and how the util, utilization of IoT vulnerabilities is something that um, adversaries are known to to have or to, to are known to look at to find their way into our servers and our cloud servers uh, to get their hands on a wide range of information. Um, it, it really takes that one small vulnerability for them to be able to get into our systems and then ultimately get to our servers and be able to identify what information is, is necessary for them to get their hands on and then further exploit um, potentially in, in, a, in another attack.
1: Oh, absolutely, Ben. No question. I think that's the uh, the ultimate issue is the degradation and the threat that it introduces. You know, as you were mentioning some of your examples there, I was thinking about healthcare and medical IoT. You know, the wearables, the the glucoseometers, and the other elements that, if uh, you know, could have another impact. Again, we've got to look at health. You know, really, one of the things that you know I consider is been very security focused. But when we get down to it, it's a a life safety issue as well that could also be an impact. And I think that's incredibly important. I think you're, you know, you mentioned the the nuclear facility, we could um, talk about, you know, Stuxnet and those other elements. We could talk about Ukrainian electrical grids uh, being hacked and Really, uh, adversaries looking at these systems and being in the systems to learn the system. I think that's one of the most important things uh, that you'd said was, you know, it's not about, you know, there's an open port or there's this particular device that allows access into this network. But it's also the time that the adversary is in that network, learning about the network, doing enumeration, that allows them to have a bigger impact and... I don't think there's a lot of IoT um, necessarily vulnerability assessment or assessing what we have internet connected, what type of you know process of compliance and audit are those going through to check that the controls that have been put in place are effective, that the configuration of that device has not been changed, and that it's uh, you know effective because one of the other things I think about, and this may be a little dramatic, Ben, but. You know, when you mention the nuclear power plant, the, the funny thing is, is one of the attack vectors is the, um, the outputs so of the dials that, uh, you know, uh, engineers are reviewing is, um, you know, that's their indication if there's an underlying issue. Um, and if you can manipulate that to say there is no issue, but behind the wall, you know, it, it's uh, necessarily chaos. Um, but the engineers will my readings all say everything's good, so we must be good. You did such a reliance on that information coming back, you know, ingesting the information from the device itself that we fail to look at the actual physical consequences or the actual physical activity that's going on because we are so reliant, you know, we could, and even in a self-driving car, you know, I've, we've seen elements of those being hacked, the, the, the connected car, uh, and some of those are very interesting. And, you know, I'm looking at the dials, everything looks right, but yet I'm, you know, going 50 miles faster than it actually says on the speedometer. You know, what are the consequences there? And as the car, you know, I think um, there's a number of car manufacturers that are moving into this space, right? We're, we're getting into self-driving. We're getting into... The fact that the car has more compute power than most data centers now—I mean, it's just incredible—the things that are going on with, uh, respectively, in the automotive industry, which is it's phenomenal. I, obviously, I'm a fan of the technology, but I think you know, as you mentioned, there's got to be um, a judicious response to that through the utilization of uh, the documentation and the research that your team's doing, that can help us. Um, you know, not only enjoy the cool things, but rely upon them, like you say, sleep better at night, um, that they're, um, you know, gonna be reliable. It's gonna, you know, take safety into consideration and it's not gonna be able that, you know, my car automatically gets controlled and, you know, uh, drives me into dangerous situations. That's, uh, it's silly to think about it, but really in some cases it's not because that is the potential of the integration of IoT into, Uh, everyday devices. Uh, So it's pretty incredible uh, some of the consequences if you start really to think about it. Uh, What are your thoughts there Ben? Yeah
0: absolutely. Um, The automotive industry and the car industry as a whole is something that IoT is certainly being very developed in and and these manufacturers are are definitely starting to look towards the the self-driving cars and the cars that connect to your home's Wi-Fi uh, during the day and the stuff cars can do nowadays are, is just mind blowing. And I know I'm, I'm not that old, but I still remember growing up with a, a crank window and now you yes. don't need that. It's that's completely obsolete. Right. Um, but especially with IOT, it's, it is that latest and greatest thing that we've seen time and time again is, as something starts to develop, everyone's now turning to IOT and the IOT connected devices to really make life easier. Uh, the implementation of IOT, it makes pretty much everything easier because it's all connected wirelessly. There's little hassle and, um, It just makes processes go much smoother and quicker. Um, With that being said, from a security standpoint, IOT is developing at a much faster rate than security for IOT is developing. Um, So there's a sense of playing catch up and which is part of the reason why we're trying to get ahead of the curve here and have security be brought back down to the vendor level. but there are promising signs, one of which is in the automotive industry is, uh, there are promising signs that organizations and these vendors are starting to work to make um, these devices, and especially cars, more safe. Because I would say a car, a self-driving car is from a an everyday standpoint for the people not working in industrial control systems or these nuclear power plants are the ability to hack a self-driving car is what would potentially cause a life-threatening situation close to home, if that, if that makes sense. Um, But fortunately we're seeing these over the air updates um, that a couple car manufacturers are are allowing or pushing out which is these patches of vulnerabilities that are found in their softwares that they're going out and while you're sleeping at night you just obviously we've said it a couple times you want to be able to sleep better at night and know that everything is safe but while your your car is whether it's recharging or or what the manufacturer is able to, over the air, go in and update the software on your vehicle um, and patch any vulnerability that that they've seen, and then you don't even realize that has been done. Um, and ultimately trying to work out and expand that type of uh, patching on a larger scale across more devices other than just cars um, is something that I would love to see pick up a lot of traction and become more of an industry standard, uh, rather than it just be in the, the car industry. I would I would love to see that be be pushed out to really every IoT industry. I know it's it is sometimes difficult with those more constrained devices that have very very limited uh, space or storage on the device, um, but there is there is hope and we're starting to trend in that and the direction of security is a primary focus of, of these devices, more so than just the convenience of the device itself.
1: Absolutely right, absolutely right. You know, what does the future look like? I think we've touched on some of the elements, Ben, here. And, and you know, what is CIS doing then uh, with the, the future of IoT and, and our responsibility in this space?
0: Yeah, so this, this document that, we, that we've produced is kind of just the first step. Um, it was about a, almost a year of, of research and understanding the, the different aspects of built-in security on IoT devices, building out a document for vendors to reference and, and see, I can do this, this, and that to make the my device that I'm producing most secure. As things in the industry start to develop, CIS and our team is gonna to continue to do more research and still, understand those changes in the industry and and the changes in protocols or if new protocols begin to pop up, which some of the ones referenced in our document are fairly new within the past couple of years and are able to help very constrained devices um, operate securely. So along with just the, the constant level of, of research and constant level of awareness that our team uh, is going to to have we're also going to start pushing some initiatives um, which will include whether it's blogs white papers um, different levels of documentation just to kind of gain aware or kind of gain traction in the industry and and help our our main document gain the awareness that it really needs um, in the industry Um, we're trying very hard to to be able to get this into the hands of as many people and and as many vendors as possible uh, because it is something that not only makes everyone safer on the day-to-day but also is convenient for a vendor or manufacturer uh, because it is laid out in a way that they can kind of just go down the list and say, this is what I need to do. Um, So rather than having manufacturers just spin their wheels of of what to do, hopefully our document is is that one-stop shop for them to just say, okay, this is what we can do and this is how we do it. And then security is built in on a device. so it's, it's not something that's just one and done. Uh, we certainly are going to need to refine things as the industry changes and as IoT protocols and devices and just the whole IoT market continues to develop. Um, it's obviously a very new concept. Um, so it's it's something that is always going to be changing, and we're gonna try to change and and keep up with it as much as possible and be able to cover the security aspects of um, built-in security uh, for IoT devices moving forward.
1: So Ben, I know that we're working in a lot of different spaces in IoT. IoT is pervasive. Um, It's a CIS responsibility that we wanna provide best guidance. So, what are a number of things that we're doing in the space? I know we've got working groups, we've got blogs, we've got presentation, white paper. Uh, what else are we doing in the space, Ben?
0: Sure. I mean, those are those are the main avenues of how we're trying to get the word out. Um, I am a part of a couple different working groups, uh, including um, one that I was able to give a present to, presentation to last fall, um, in it's basically about. About this document as a whole, um, going to start and, and now that COVID restrictions are starting to loosen up, get out to some of these conferences and be able to put a face to our document, hopefully, and and be the IoT specialist that outside vendors can come to and be able to facilitate our this our document out. Um, I think this. Do- our document and how it's how it's structured is a great starting point for industry recommendations and, and standards for built-in security. Uh, it certainly can work alongside various publications at NIST um, and and be be one that's referenced not only by CIS but those. Other leading uh, standards organizations and um, can be be the one that is is looked to moving forward. Um, so it's it's a lot of marketing right now on our end uh, to get this all out and continue to develop those white papers, those blogs. Um, even some additional presentations will likely be needed um, for us to be able to say this is what we're doing this is what we have this is also what we're going to be doing down the road and as our documents revised and and newer versions are are updated um, to just get the word out that here it is and it's it's at the ready for for those manufacturers
1: Fantastic. That's great. It's great to see, Ben, that you're dedicated to it. Obviously, this is a huge space. So thank you for all your work. Uh, and really, the fact that we integrate um, a lot of our work, the CIS controls with IoT, I'm uh, really starting to do outreach. Uh, so that's absolutely fantastic. And uh, thank you, Ben. Uh, this was a great episode. I really appreciate it. And to the audience, uh, that's it for today. Uh, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. And please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. You can also follow CIS on social media for the latest cybersecurity news and updates. Until next time, I'm Sean Atkinson. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the
0: show today. If you are interested in learning more about how to grow your cybersecurity program, the free tools available to help you on your journey, or to get involved with the CIS volunteer community, visit our website at cisecurity.org. Start secure and stay secure.